Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Ladies, we are finally here at the final session, session six of Hearts at Rest. We commend you and we thank you and we honor you for staying with us through Mm -hmm. these sessions. And at the end of the session, we're going to have a great resource video that you'll want to check out as as well. But uh, Mom, I think you'll agree when when we began writing and praying over this study, we knew that ultimately we wanted to end in a place where we talked about abiding. Mm -hmm. We understand that abiding Mm -hmm. is the anecdote of anxiety. Mm -hmm. But as a friend lovingly told me, don't use church speak, explain what abiding means Mm -hmm. because people don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. So I think as we prayed and met and crafted what we've walked through with you, if I was going to summarize what the past five sessions were, they were a process of getting us to a place of abiding. Abiding is just another word for, for resting. Mm-hmm. Mom, is there anything you want to add about abiding before we dive into, into the book content? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So hopefully you have your, your book open at this time. And, uh, and I'm just, I'm remembering a funny story. It's in the book, but I'll just go ahead and share it. Shortly after my husband and I were married, we were going to take a vacation with my family. And I have a large family. So Just by default, we're obnoxious because we require seating for 24 in restaurants or something like that. People have babies all the time, so that's always changing. But we don't sneak into anywhere. We come with full force. And not only were we traveling together for the first time, but we were going to travel internationally together for the first time, which presents its own challenges. So we were getting ready for out-of-country flight, and my husband has his bag and what's normal to him. And my family shows up with bags, except all of my family has also brought their pillows to the airport. And this, my husband actually noticed it when we were on the shuttle bus, as we were packed in the shuttle bus and everyone was holding their pillow. And he said, what in the world is going on with your family? Mm-hmm. And I thought, what's he talking about? And he said, they're, they're adults and they've all brought their pillows on the flight into our destination. And I'd never considered that that might seem peculiar to someone, but the explanation was easy enough because I said, oh, to rest, they have to mm-hmm. have their pillow. For my mom, that's still still true. She packs her pillow in her suitcase when we go anywhere. It's more like it's more like a cotton, a ball of cotton at this point. It's so beat down. It's so flim- flimsy. Mm-hmm. It's so small. But if she wants to rest, she knows that that is essential to her rest. And so I share all of that in jest, but also in the heart of saying that we have talked through aspects of how we rest in the Lord Mm -hmm. and recognizing what he's done in our lives and taking the wisdom that he's made available through scripture about topics such as 
boundaries, gratitude, mind renewal, strength renewal, uh, resisting our adversaries. And we have looked at all of these little steps that allow us to ensure that if we are laboring for anything, it's that we're laboring to rest. Mm -hmm. Because actually, and mom will talk more about that as she closes out the chapter in a minute, but that is how we are called to labor. Mm -hmm. We are called to labor to enter a rest, Mm -hmm. to labor, to enter a rest that is his promise, that is the person of Jesus. That's in the book of Hebrews. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm going to define rest again for common language and context. Rest is defined by Merriam Webster as freedom of activity or labor. And, um, and, and if you'll recall in session two, we looked at phase phrases. Am I able? I am able. No one is able. Is God able? And God is able. And if you ponder those statements in a context of, of rest, you'll realize that only one phrase actually reflects a heart that is at rest, mm-hmm. a heart that is not laboring, pondering, questioning, and that that phrase, phrase, of course, is, is that God is able. And so mm-hmm. past sessions have mm-hmm. reminded us about where we rest, and, uh, and we rest in Jesus. Matthew 11 tells us, Jesus tells us, Matthew 11, come to me, all who are weary, all who are troubled, all who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. So mm-hmm. thank you, Jesus. You don't ask us to create rest mm-hmm. for ourselves. You became rest for us, but our job is to come to you when we recognize Mm -hmm. the weariness. And and hopefully, if we understand the concept of abiding, the ministry of the Holy Spirit and community in the Word and helping us abide, then actually, I pray that we will be more commonly in a place of rest in Jesus Mm -hmm. than coming back and forth uh, with the troubles and the worries of the day. In John 15, we're at the end of Jesus' ministry on earth, and he is speaking to his best friends, to his disciples and his followers, those that he is closest to. And he gives this beautiful illustration and picture that explains abiding and resting to us in the purest form. And it it is the vine. I'm going to read some of these verses, but I encourage you to dive into John 15 for your own later, to meditate on it, just meaning that you chew it up and you think about it and you look at it from every angle possible and let the word minister and transform you. But John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And I want you to remember, how do we meet the Lord in the beginning of this study? How do we meet the Lord at the onset of the word? Was he not the chief gardener? Was he not the creator of all things? And now are we seeing this manifestation, this connection between the divine gardener and ourselves creation of Jesus as the vine, connecting us back to the person of, of the Father? He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it has to remain in the vine. So again, when we're hearing this word remain, you can just in your mind also say abide, rest, stay. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, 
you can do nothing. There's a movie called The Shack that I love in principle because it teaches a lot of great lessons. And in this fictional movie, a man experiences a horrible tragedy and he is invited back to the shack where this tragedy occurred. And he's speaking to Papa or God the Father as, as we would refer to, to the Father here, Father the Gardener. And he says, why did you bring me back to this place? And, and the Father says, because this is where everything stopped for you. This is where you walked away. And I think that we'll always find in relationship with the Lord, there's a reason that he tells us to remain with him. It is not the shepherd who wonders. It is the sheep. So as we abide and rest, we have to be intentional to remain. He continues, again, emphasizing his identity as the vine. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's pretty simple. All mm -hmm. of our labors, all of our labors mm -hmm. outside of laboring to rest will be fruitless or will produce a fruit that is not God's fruit. That, is, mm -hmm. that, that are the fruits like anxiety that we're trying to talk about when we're in a cycle of labor that is outside of the invitation of the Lord. I love this next part of John 15. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, remain in my love. I think it's really important, and I know that my mom would agree with this, that you recognize how to stir the love of God in mm -hmm. your heart. I, I know that for me, there are certain praise and worship songs. There are certain stories in the Bible. There are certain people that I can be around in community, and I know that the effect of that is going to be um, a stirred-up revelation of God's love for me. Uh, in simplicity, the song Reckless Love by Corey Asbury, I love mm -hmm. to sing it, and without question, it stirs something inside mm -hmm. of me. It doesn't create something in me, but it stirs something that is there. And so I would just say that as a reminder to you, as you remain in God's love, employ those resources that he has surrounded you with that stir up that love that make you want to stay there and to remain in that place. He goes on in John 15, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and I remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be mm -hmm. complete. We will never have joy in our lives without the impartation of joy mm -hmm. that comes from resting in Jesus. Um, and the same is true of peace because those are his fruits, love, joy, peace. And we, we've heard all of these um, talked about in the context of hearts at rest. So he's told us to, what do we do to, to keep his commands and remain in his love? Love each other as I have loved you. Serving people in love will stir the love of God in your life. As I'm talking about, stir up that love of God for you. Uh, bring it up to the top like sugar in a glass of sweet mm -hmm. tea. Proverbs says that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. We are so near the heart of God when we are serving, whether that's orphans mm -hmm. and widows or whatever it is. You will find that as you serve others wow. in the love of God, that you find that love of God stirred and you find yourself 
just remaining in, in that place. And then last but not least in this particular narrative, he says, remember, you didn't choose me, but I chose you so that you might go and bear fruit that will last. You were chosen. You need to remember that. You were chosen. You were not a hindrance as a branch to the vine that is Jesus. You were chosen to be a branch to the vine that is Jesus. Mm -hmm. He chose you. Just like he chose to create Eve. He chose to initiate conversation and covenant with Abraham and Sarah. And he chose to be the one in John 14 to say, I'm going to give my peace to you. And then in John 15 to say, and I'm going to give my joy to you. He chose you as a recipient for those. Not just, not just me, not just Debbie, not just the people on the other side of the camera. He chose mm -hmm. you. And that's where you need to remain in the revelation of that. If you read all of John 15, you're going to see that he goes from saying that God has called you to bear fruit, God has called you to bear much fruit, and God has called you to bear more fruit. Mm -hmm. So we all begin somewhere in this journey of rest with a total dependence, a total trust as a branch attached to a vine. But as we remain there, as we grow in that love and revelation, as we make it the priority of our life not to move from our proximity with our vine, then you will find that your life goes, maybe in this season, from bearing fruit to then bearing much fruit to then bearing more fruit. And that is the ambition mm -hmm. of our lives. So, Mom, if you want to talk to them more now about how do we labor, what is appropriate mm -hmm. labor to enter rest. We labor to rest and, and there is an effort to rest. We have to discipline ourselves to rest and there's three ways that we we need to look at the rest. We need to look at spiritual rest. Are we getting spiritual rest? Are we resting in Christ? Are we uh, resting in his presence? Are we being filled with him? Uh, the Bible says to be filled with the spirit. We're filled by the, with the spirit by abiding in him uh, are we resting physically uh, we do need physical rest jesus would withdraw from the crowds and and go rest physically do we rest mentally are we keeping good boundaries are we saying no when we need to say no and yes when we need to say yes so uh, we need to labor labor for that rest and um when I think about resting, I think of Ephesians, where it says, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For you are saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. So when I hear that, that is a restful statement for me, because it's not by my works. It's only by his grace. And I think there's such freedom to rest in that it's God's grace that we're resting in. It's not our works. And we do need to guard against works that we would do in our, our own strength or that we would do in religion or do for the approval of man. And that's why we draw back and we abide in Christ and we listen to him and we listen to his heart and our motives should be his motives. And uh, here, something I've learned more of this year is about when it comes to abiding in Christ and resting in him is resting in his presence. Uh, I didn't realize how many verses are in the Bible where it talks about 
abiding in him in his presence and in his shelter. And when we realize that the Holy Spirit, once we're born again, he lives within us and um, that the kingdom of God is among us, that, that is empowering and encouraging. And in my spiritual walk, there's some verses here I want to share that brings me great rest. As a matter of fact, these verses in Isaiah, and they all just happen to be in Isaiah, they came to my life at a time where I, there was a, something going on in my life that was very disturbing to me and very much out of my control and very painful to me. And I was reading in my word a lot. And I knew I got to that point I had to rest in him. There was absolutely nothing I could do about the situation but pray, which is the best thing you can do, and let Jesus take it. Give it over to Jesus. His yoke is easy. And so these are the verses, Isaiah 30, 15. In quietness and trust is your strength. And that, that encourages me so much because in quietness, and, and that's what we're talking about is being still before the Lord. Uh, it's hard to be still. Uh, it's something we have to work towards. I encourage people to have a quiet time in the morning uh, to, or at night or whenever, whether it's in the car, in the woods, wherever, but get alone with God and be quiet before him and listen for that still, small voice, and you will hear him. But he, he often speaks in a whisper, and by staying in his word and resting in him, we learn to recognize when he's speaking to us. The other one is Isaiah thirty-two seventeen. The effect of righteousness is quietness and confidence confidence forever so when we talk about effect of righteousness we're talking about a fruit of righteousness so the fruit of that is quietness and confidence forever and another word I like there is confidence because we all want confidence we want confidence in who we are we want to know who we are and really outside of God's purpose we will struggle Isaiah 26 3 he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. So once again, we're putting on the, the mind of Christ. We're, we're, we're focusing on him, and he will keep our mind at peace. And um, I was trying to think when I did say that, I want to read that again because God laid some on my heart, and I lost it. He will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Colossians chapter 2 says to set your mind on things above. And I think that's what we have to do, guys. We have to set our mind on things above. Right now in our country, things are in such turmoil. And it's created a lot of stress and anxiety for people. Things seem to be really out of control. But because I know God, because I know my word and I know him, and I'm keeping my focus on him, I know how this story ends. And I, I know that Lord is in control. And it brings great rest right now when I'm living in a country, when I turn on the news that is very chaotic and there's many people uh, looking for that peace that only God can give. Mm -hmm. And then, as Paige mentioned, love. Love is the greatest. The greatest fruit is love. So this is how you know you love God, that you love one another. So when you get to that place in your spiritual walk where you just love other people, that is freedom there. That's because you can 
when you get to that freedom of loving other people, things they do don't annoy you as bad, and you cannot be offended as much. And uh, right here in the, the last of what I'm going through, Psalms 91.1 says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So right now, I, I encourage you, ladies, you can rest. You can rest mentally, physically, and spiritually in the shadow of the Almighty. And I love that picture of the bird with its wings out and its babies underneath its wings because those babies are resting and feeling safe. And that's what your Savior is doing for you right now. He is covering you with his wings. I'm glad that we went that direction because it reminded me of a dream that the Lord gave me before we began Hearts at Rest, a couple weeks before. And as you think about taking shelter under the Lord's wings and resting in that place, I want to share this dream with you. And if you'll just bear, bear with me, it's a little different. And originally, we would facilitate this context in a building we called the Annex that was formerly an auto garage. So cars came there in disrepair, they got maintained or fixed, they left. And that was about the glamour of that building. And so I had a dream that I had entered this particular building and there was a very handsome man in the back of the building. And his eyes were piercing, and uh, he was strikingly beautiful, actually. And I, I was at the entrance, he was at the back of the building, and my mom was, was lying down. And I understood that he meant significant harm for us in that space. And so I was trying to wake my, my mom up in the dream, and I was struggling to get her awake. And so I'd kind of, you can picture like, maybe not waking your mom up this way, but if you're trying to wake a sibling up and you're pulling on their arm and you like pull them too hard and they come down off of the, the couch, my mom ended up where she was on all fours. And by this time, this very handsome individual was on all fours, faced off against her. And he had set all over his face and there were ashes on the ground and they're squared away, and I get this revelation to go and turn the light on, because the light wasn't on in the room. So I move to turn the light on, and I say, hey, do you not recognize us? God loves us, like really loves us, <laughs> and you're not allowed to be here. And at that, he left, and it was over. And the Lord gave me that dream so that we understand that as we remain in God's love, not only do we bear fruit, much fruit and more fruit, but we are in this secret place that is truly untouchable by the world around us. When we are in a place of peace, it's not that the frenzy of the world changes, mm -hmm. but how we enter the frenzy of the world changes because we are untouchable in God's love. I would encourage you to look at Malachi 4. I'd never read this particular passage until the day after I had this dream. But the name of the Lord attributed in Malachi 4 is the son of righteousness, as in sunshine, not sun, 
the son of righteousness who rises with healing in his wings. And when it describes the actions of the son of righteousness who rises with healing in, in his wings, it talks about how he comes to destroy the evildoer's stubble so that the evildoer becomes ashes under the mm -hmm. soles mm -hmm. of the feet of God's chosen. Mm -hmm. So think back to my dream. In my dream, we were battling. We were battling. Um, on, on my mom was battling this adversary, this creepy, beautiful guy. And, the, and there was a thought from the Lord, get the light on, get the light on. Mm -hmm. and, and when the light was on, then it was visible. He, mm -hmm. God's love penetrated the room. He couldn't be there anymore. Mm -hmm. What remained was ashes, but there was no threat. And so I say that to say, as we rest under mm -hmm. the shelter of of El Shaddai's wings. Not only is it safety there, but it's a place of healing. It's a place for you to continue your healing with the Lord. Hearts at Rest, our goal was mm -hmm. to get you into that place, to encourage you to come back into it and say, it's safe to be here with the Lord. Remain here with the Lord, but we want you to remain. We don't want you to leave because there's a work to be done that he will bring to completion that he's just began in your life, according to Philippians 1.6. And that work's going to continue all the way to eternity, not because he is slow, but because he is good and he is steadfast and he is faithful to complete that which he began. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. But I also want to encourage you to do something that's outside of the norm and a little unusual. I want you to consider taking a sabbatical with the Lord. On the seventh day of creation, he rested. And then Jesus introduces himself as the Lord of the Sabbath for us. To his people that came out of Egypt in slavery and bondage, he instituted a time of rest, where they had to cease from their activity, where some, some teachers describe it as that the Lord had taken them out of slavery, but they needed to learn to rest so that the slavery could be taken out of them, and so that he could receive the glory and the honor for the freedom that they were walking in. I would encourage you to set up a time, begin with one hour, Look at one day, consider a week, whatever works for you. If you're a single mom, my mom's walked through that. I've been in that as a child. I understand you may not have a day to get away, but start with 10 minutes hiding in the bathroom, whatever mm -hmm. you need to do. Make a holiday, make a sabbatical for you and the Lord and rest with him. It doesn't have to look like a specific thing except that saying, I am filling up my margins of life except for my rest in the Lord. In December, before I had multiple kids, I used to like to take that Advent period of time to rest with the Lord, to draw near to the Lord. And people that, that know me really well knew that that was a practice in my life. If you were going to invite me to go somewhere, my answer was probably no. Um, if you wanted me to do something for you, my answer was probably no, because that was an appointed time for me and the Lord to share intimacy together. And so I invite you to create that space of intimacy with the Lord as you labor to enter this rest. We're going to pray for you, and then we're going to talk through three more things that are very important. 
This is a prayer written for you, Almighty Father. And I just want to encourage you, I've done this before. Open your hands and receive this in prayer, I mean, in faith. Almighty Father, we pray in the name and authority of Jesus for this woman, for her family, for her calling, and for her healing, that you restore her security in you, that you restore even more to her than that which has ever been taken from her, that you show her in a way that speaks to her uniquely just how secure she is in you, that you show her how securely you have created her to care for herself and her world around her. We pray that you will help her establish these disciplines and rhythms of rest in her life so through grace the only labor of her days is a labor to rest in you, Jesus. And we pray for a release in her life of new fruit. We pray that there would be an abundance so evident and undeniable and unexplainable and simply miraculous that people begin to approach her and ask what has changed. And as the world watches her thrive and bear good fruit, we pray many would turn to you, Lord. We pray that on days when the enemy seeks to drag her backwards, that in wisdom and urgency, she would go to her high place in you. Even if things seem dark, may she abide in the promise that the darkest place she will ever be is in the shadow of your wings. Give her revelation of your love for her, that she may abide in that love. Give her revelation of what your salvation means in her life so that she may love others well as you have commanded her. May the guiding phrase of her life not be a phase, but deeply instilled that, God, you are able. In the name of Jesus, we pray that she would go freely from anxious to able to walk in the delight and confidence of her calling, your calling on her life. And we pray these things in faith, and we trust that they will be. In repentance and rest, may her salvation be found. In quietness and trust and new strength, may she have a fruit of righteousness that is peace, and the effect of that righteousness be a quiet confidence forever. Extending my hands toward you, just to pray that in faith and agreement. May it be so, Lord. You are able. Amen. Amen. And as we transition to exiting out from the official content of Hearts at Rest, we want to mention three freedoms. My mom had mentioned freedom to love others as you become aware of God's love for you. But as you continue your place of rest in, in the vine as a branch, you continue your place of rest in the shadow of the Almighty, there are three things that we want to walk you through. The first one is the freedom to forgive. When we introduced you to the root talked about in Hebrews that defiles, it's called a root of bitterness. And often in life, the, bitter, the most bitter of roots are actually tied to unforgiveness. The word tells us very clearly that we're to bear with one another, to forgive as God has forgiven us. And in Matthew 18, there's a very difficult story to grasp, but I'll just give you that passage attribution and you can check it out. But basically, there's someone unwilling to forgive, and the outcome is that that person ends up in torment. Not the person who was the perceived offender, but the person who was withholding mercy and forgiveness. When we choose not to forgive, we often are the recipients of self-torment, internal torment. And so I want to walk you through a prayer of forgiveness. I want to say forgiveness does not establish 
a relationship with your offender. Forgiveness does not give an approval to what your offender did. Forgiveness says, I release that debt to you, Lord. You are my vindicator. You uphold me in every way. I will not seek vengeance. I will not harbor to pay back what is not mine to pay back. And oftentimes, the person that we may need to forgive is actually ourselves for regrets, for disappointments. Maybe you've even beat yourself up about carrying anxiety in this season. When God forgave you, he removed your sins and your shortcomings and your perceived failures as far as the east is from the west. He didn't just remove them, but he stepped into a place of grace to work in them. So I want you to join me in this prayer of forgiveness, either for yourself or towards someone, and you know who that person is. They're coming to your mind right now. And even if you don't feel it in your heart yet, that you've truly forgiven every day as you labor to enter rest, I want you to release forgiveness toward that person, and you will find that it becomes sincere as grace meets you where you are. So, Lord, I pray for this woman. I pray that you enable her to forgive, and I pray that you lift that weight of unforgiveness off of her right now. Friend, I want you to say with me, I choose to forgive. And we're going to say it again, and I want you to say the name of the person. I choose to forgive. Now I want you to say what they did. I choose to forgive for doing. I give it to you, Lord. You are able. You are my salvation, my strength, and my song. Freely I have been forgiven, and freely I will forgive. Amen. The next freedom that we want to talk about is a freedom to flourish. And, and by flourish, I mean to thrive, to enter that place of bearing that much fruit and more fruit, to hop out of that anxiety harvest and into the beautiful harvest that God has always had intended for your life. To flourish, the word is clear about a few things. One, in Psalm 92 and also in Hebrews, we're instructed not to forsake the assembling of saints, but in Psalm 92 it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. We are made to be in community with one another. Where you are weak, God has created a brother or sister in Christ who is strong to come alongside of you. If you are not part of a church community in whatever form that looks like, if you want to flourish, you need to pursue that. Don't let the hurts and disappointments of past community keep you from stepping into a season of flourishing. Commit to it right now to find a house of the Lord that you can flourish in because that's God's design for your life. Flourish in the word. The book of Isaiah tells us that God's word doesn't return void, that it, it accomplishes that which it was sent out for, just like seed for a sower. 
So you need to be in community for flourishing. You need to be in the word for flourishing. If you don't know where to start, I recommend uh, the Gospel of, of Luke. I love it as a woman. It's extra detailed, a little over the top compared to the others, but it's in the New Testament, and it's an account of Jesus that will tell you all about him. Start somewhere and let the word speak to you so that your life will flourish as we talked about in Genesis 26, where Isaac's servants dug new wellsprings and named the place Rehoboth, saying there's plenty of room for us to flourish now. As you have the freedom to flourish, dig again. Dig new wellsprings. Go deeper than you've gone before. Move into territory. Take new ground and find that there's flourishing available for you there. The word says that as we have our hearts set on pilgrimage, we go from, uh, from strength to strength, and things around us transform in a flourishing kind of way. Set your heart on the journey that you're on with the mm -hmm. Lord. This is not a one-stop shop. This is pilgrimage. Set your heart on pilgrimage and your freedom to flourish. And I do want to mention this is very important. Ezekiel 47, Psalm 1, Jeremiah 1, and other places talk about these trees that are planted by streams of water that bear fruit in seasons and do not wither and do not fail. When we read those, we understand that the living water is a representation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's one of those benefits of, of remaining in the vine as you think about uh, cleansing water coming over the vine or an empowering sap flowing through the vine. As we remain by that living water, we're set up to flourish. Specifically, I want to pray for you that you would be clothed with power from the Holy Spirit as my mom mentioned, when we are saved, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We are marked for the day of redemption with the Holy Spirit. But I think that you'll find in your life, often the Holy Spirit works to the level that you expect the Holy Spirit to work. There were many years in both of our lives um, that, that I think we didn't expect the Holy Spirit to, to operate in the full range that the Holy Spirit operates in today. And I want to pray that you are filled to the max with the Holy Spirit and that he clothes you with power from on high so that you have this freedom to flourish. Lord, I pray for this woman that you would just not be um, on her, but that you would be in her and flowing out of her. I pray for a new filling in her life, an overflow, that she is surrounded by living water everywhere and that there is life and fruit in all directions and that she experiences your power, your fruits, your giftings, and the effect of a fellowship and intimacy with you that is evident as she lives in the freedom to flourish by your living water. Amen. And last but not least, Mom has a very important one. Okay. Freedom to dream again. Um, I think there's ladies out there watching this, and um, when they think about freedom to dream again, they're thinking, Lord, I'm not where I thought I would be in my life right now. I didn't think I'd still be unmarried or I didn't think I'd still be sick or I didn't think I'd be taking care of a parent. My life is not how I dreamed it would be. And I just want you to know that God's promises are new every day and he's continually pursuing you. Ephesians 1 says what he has begun in you, he will be faithful to complete. 
I want to encourage you to dream, to turn to him. You know, Joseph was called the dreamer. He uh, spent 12 years in prison for something he did not do. And I can imagine it would be hard to dream during that time, but it didn't stop him from dreaming. And he ended up being the vice president of Egypt. Um, there have been things in my life that's happened that were not the way I would have thought. And there's probably people that know me would think, she's been hit some hard times. But I can tell you that, like Romans 8, 28 says, God works all things out for those whom love him and are called according to his purpose. And I also will say for all of you out there that have got to a point you're disappointed with some wasted years, it says he restores the years that the locust has eaten. And it says he renews your strength. You shall mount up like wings of eagle. And each day is a new day. So I just want to encourage you. And I want you to know, as he told Esther, you were born, Esther, for such a time as this. And you were born for such a time as this. And this time in society and his sovereignness, God has a plan for you. He loves you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you the same as everyone else. And nothing you've ever, there's nothing you could do to separate him from that love. Nothing you have ever done. You are not who you were. You are who you are in Christ. And uh, it says in Corinthians that, Behold, all things become new in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things become new. So you have the freedom to dream because you are free in Christ. The love of God has set us free. So I would like to pray now for you ladies out there that are, are ready to have that freedom to dream again. Father, we thank you for freedom. We thank you that you bought that freedom for us. We thank you, Father, that uh, when we're born again, that uh, you set us with you in heavenly places. And you gave us authority to live a victorious life, authority to come against the darkness that comes at us, authority to be able to run, Father, and, and to glorify you, Father. And we just pray our dreams would be your dreams, Father. You give us the desires of our heart. I pray they'd be your desires, Father. And I just pray for healing for broken hearts, God, and just for those ladies to understand how much you love them and that you are pursuing them and you are their anchor of hope father and you are doing a work in them father you are knitting them into your tapestry father for your glory and may they understand that they're here for your glory and that wherever they're at that is their influence be it at their house the marketplace or wherever they are god that is their spot and their spot that no one else can feel no one else that was numbered or created to do and we thank you for that, Father. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. So again, we thank you for being on this journey with us. If we never meet you this side of heaven, then we pray that there's lasting fruit that comes from your time in the word with us. We encourage you as you walk out your freedom to get a woman that you think would benefit from mm -hmm. this content mm -hmm. and take her through it. We're reminded of Harriet Tubman. We love the movie that was released in 2019. When she found her freedom, she refused to stay there alone. She said, if I'm free, my family's going to be free. And she went back again and again and again to the dark places to pull out those who hadn't navigated their freedom yet. So Jesus is our way. He's navigated it. 
we step into it. And once you have that revelation, bring others alongside you. We can't wait to see those folks that will know the Lord and walk in freedom because of the role that you'll play in their life. Join us next for a resource video about your next steps beyond Hearts at Rest. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 